Greetings, my friends. Sweetie darlings, it's T, Tiffany Lee Brown, with Burning Tarot. We're out in the woods again, but now we're in a new woods. We are in Rogue River National Forest. Yes, that's a thing. And our card today, I pulled, oh, an hour or so ago. I pulled it while I was up at Crater Lake. Yes, the very famous Oregon National Park. Incredible sight of this deep, deep blue lake, this volcanic Mazama. I, uh, one of you had bought a reading and you even got your card pulled at Crater Lake. Extra special. And I thought, you know, I'm going to pull the general card on Crater Lake too. But I didn't sit there and give you a reading for everybody at the time for the podcast. Because, you know, I don't want to spend my whole Crater Lake time talking at a phone, staring at a card. But it was really fun to be in such a beautiful location where the insane, stunning blue depths of that lake can sometimes just, I don't know, it makes you feel like you're going to fall right in and that you'd like it. You'd like rolling down that cliffside as it battered your body and dumped you into the clear, clear blue. It's gorgeous stuff, but there's something tricky about it. And now I'm at this awesome campground. I'm sort of getting eaten by mosquitoes. And I was contemplating the moon card, which is what we pulled. Yes, my burning tarot friends, listeners, companions on the journey we have the moon. And for those who are following regularly, you might be wondering, where does this card pulling fall on the timeline? And I talked to the cards and I said, well, this reading is actually going to be for the next broadcast. We're kind of doing it ahead of time instead of recording it and posting it online the same day. Just so you know. So when this gets posted later in August. That's when this reading is for, even though I'm pulling it now while I'm out here in the lovely woods. So here I am in the lovely woods. You might hear in the background a little bit of twinkling and tinkling and a bit of roaring. That is Union Creek. It is gorgeous. It is clear and sort of delicious looking. Although I'm only drinking its filtered water. And, uh, and it's freaking cold. <laughs> it's really fun to get your feet in there and to imagine that you're going to be bold enough to put your whole body in. And then you go, <laughs> no, I'm not. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I was thinking about the moon card, but I, I got distracted because I had bodily needs and fears. And yes, I am going somewhere with this. Beautiful campground, beautiful creek. I'm a little tired out. I'm irritable. As your average perimenopausal bipolar ladies often are. And other people who experience stress and caregiving and parenting. We can be downright crabby. So I had my crabbiness on a little bit. And I had these bodily needs come up. I was wondering about fire for warmth. Can we have fires here? What if we can't have fires? 
and I realized that I was going to run out of water. And our big five-gallon water jug wasn't full. And I'm like, well, my partner usually fills it with water before we go. Why is it empty? I didn't see any faucet thingies on our way in or any big pumps like you find in a lot of campgrounds. I did not see them. So I started getting a little worked up. And I tell myself, hey, it's cool. If we want to just scoop water out of the creek, we can boil it. We're only here for like 24 hours, less than that. So we're not going to die. I've got some kind of like fizzy hop water. Actually, it's delicious. Low, low hop water, hop, hop drink, hop beverage, non-alcoholic. I have some of that in the cooler. So there's no chance I'm actually going to like not survive this. But my body is starting to freak out about the fact that there's nowhere to draw safe water from. And then I realize, well, I really need to use an outhouse. Where's the freaking outhouse? And I start walking around. How, how is it that I'm not finding an outhouse? And it looks like, well, if I go over this bridge and I go way up this other hill, there's another area of the campground that might be really far away and maybe they have one. So it's like, I'm all worked up. It's the body sending me anxiety because I haven't adequately told myself, assured my inner self that it's okay. We have water. We'll find somewhere to do our bodily functions. There's food in the car. The irritability will wane as it always does. Like the moon, it comes, it goes. And like our moon cycles and the moods that accompany those, the moon and the moods come and go, wax and wane. And so just then, all of a sudden, I realized there is one of those faucets that's pumping water out of Union Creek and filtering it. And then I see that there was a kind of hidden outhouse near there. And then a bunch of people walk by. I had, and I was just asking them, do you know if we can have fires? And they're like, yep, yeah, we can have fires. So within like one and a half seconds, all my little areas of concern were met. And then I realized the people I'm talking to are wearing hats that say uh, KRVM on them. And I go, do you mean like... KRVM 91.9 FM Eugene, the radio station. And they start laughing and they're like, yes, why? And I said, I was a teenage DJ and newscaster on that. And they crack up and the guy goes, well, I'm the general manager there now. And we have this conversation. Um, and in that conversation, we talk about a certain man named Brian James who passed long ago now, and I just want to send a shout out to the spirit of Mr. James, who was a professional radio guy and an actual teacher and did such a great job uh, teaching a bunch of us how to do radio stuff and how to sort of launch um, a market research company for radio stations. So, Mr. James, thank you for influencing my life and giving me skills and a hell of a lot of fun. So all these fun memories came up. And the, oh, I'm in the cold water. Listen. These are my feet in the water. So suddenly all my, you know, issues are dealt with. And I'm having fun memories of Mr. James. And a fun little conversation with strangers who 
happened to be the manager of the radio station where I used to be a DJ a million years ago. I mean, wow. So that was fun. And it's, I think it's relevant to our card for this week, the moon. First of all, think of those bodily needs. The things that we keep in moonlight, the things that we learn in moonlight, are often things that you can't learn under the sun. Things you can't see under the sun. The sunlight is too bright. The nighttime landscape looks very different. You can look directly at the moon, unless it's in the middle of eclipsing the sun, and it won't broil your eyeballs out. So that's a little different, right, from our sun, daytime, suntime life. You can look at the moon. If you're wondering what that sound was, that was Velcro taking off my, my little river sandals. I want to feel all this sand and dirt and rocks beneath my feet freezing ass cold oh my god this is great this is a life <sighs> so yeah sun don't stare at it moon go ahead stare away you can do it moonlight time usually brings up different stuff for us throughout in the in the woods in the forest you'll see different kinds of shadows by moonlight that are especially wonderful on snow. So you're in this kind of striped world. And in those shadows, I mean, you really just can't see anything. You have no idea what's there. The moonlight time of life, whether literal or figurative, asks us to trust. So when we draw the moon, it can suggest, okay, you're going to get into some murky territory. You might get confused. Um, you might be a little more susceptible to your own confusion or to other people leading you astray intentionally because you're in this, this different state where you can't just see everything and put on your big old sunny smile. It's moon time. And those of us who have, you know, the hormones and uteruses and everything that go along with the human the mammalian moon time cycle the blood cycle we know that the moon changes we change they respond to each other the bodies and the heavenly bodies and nobody really knows how that works all the fancy science people who would gladly tell you that tarot is nonsense and maybe the collective unconscious is nonsense and astrology is silly, even though it predates their astronomy. You know, some of those folks, they don't really have a very good explanation for this whole, like, approximately 28 days, and the women sync up with each other, and the women sync up with the moon, and the heavenly bodies, and the human bodies, and the ocean with its tides. They're all talking to each other. They're talking in the language of Wu. To reduce that to like, well, there's some gravitational field, I think would be silly. It's easier to just accept the fact that we don't know what everything is yet. And something that I'm calling the Wu 
you know, provides this invisible filament of connection. So when we get into our Moonlight Drive, isn't that a daughter's song? Um, when we pull our moon card, yes, we can be susceptible to confusion, even paranoia, delusion, um, etc. But it's a wonderful time for exploring when we're not sort of forced to see everything in its most glaring bright light. Sometimes we really find new things out about what we're looking at, about ourselves as we reflect that light. Whatever this woo connection is between the heavenly bodies and our bodies, our bodies, little soft, little soft things that we have to take care of here on earth. It's really brought out by the moon. The moon, maybe this is only operating on a subconscious level for a lot of people, but the moon just really points out the relationship between earth, sun, and moon. By the way, Earth, Sun, Moon by Love and Rockets is a fabulous album. If you haven't heard it in a long time, go listen. <laughs> just putting in a plug there for one of my favorite bands um, that I got to see pretty recently, too. That was great. Go to the after party with one of the band members. Woohoo! Great fun. My friend opened. So, yeah, Earth, Sun, Moon. When we're checking out the moon, when we're observing, that is getting more like a little sliver, and then it's getting big. It looks closer to Earth. It looks huge. It looks far away. Um, we're kind of more observing the geometry and the acrobatics happening between the relationships here. The triangulation of Earth to Sun to Moon. The Sun itself... Uh, for me, at least, it doesn't really inspire all that. I look at it, and I notice that at certain times of the year, it's uh, closer to the horizon. Other times of the year, it's more overhead. And if you're in a tropical place, you're probably not even having that. Um, you know, and I observe it astrologically. What sign is it in? Like right now, we're in Leo season. That's great move away from the creek here. It's like some humans are coming. Um, so for me, the earth, I'm sorry, the moon, because it's reflecting that sunlight, and then there's like the shadow of the earth crossing over the moon. So the average everyday lunar cycle stuff uh, and big, huge things like eclipses, lunar or solar, those days, those observations remind me of how profound and tenuous and weird all of this is. When I look at the sun, I just, maybe you do, but I don't go super far into that. With the moon, it's like, oh, the sun and it's, you know, it's light is reflecting off of this beautiful thing in the sky. And there's the dogs. Ugh. They're everywhere. They're loud. Um, so when we pull this moon, it can encourage us to observe the, the relationship, the ever-changing relationship between ourselves, our planet, 
what light there is. Oh, that's nice. They're not leashed either. Hey, puppy. What you doing? What you doing? Come here. Come here. You okay? You friendly? If I get eaten by a dog, you guys will get to hear it. It'll be right here. I'm not very afraid of getting eaten by a dog. Hi, honey. What are you doing? Don't you know about the leash loss? Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh. Hi. Well, hi, sweetie. What you doing? What you doing, old thing? Yeah, you're okay. We're talking about the moon here. You want to talk to the people about the moon? So as you're exploring your moon time, your lunar moment, consider that your shadowy depths might actually be quite interesting. And that the gentle moonlight provides a wonderful way to look at them without being horribly shocked the way you might be if you were to use, you know, a military-grade tactical flashlight to look at your inner self, to look at your darker parts, your hidden things, your secrets, the secrets you hold even from yourself, the strange soft feelings down in there that maybe you don't always want to acknowledge. The moonlight, even if it's just a sliver of a moon, even if it's a big full moon, the moonlight is a softer and gentler way of getting at that stuff than exposing it to the sun, than shining some kind of really abrupt light on it. So when we draw the moon, those are nice things to consider. That maybe we need to attend to our bodily needs. Maybe the anxiety that the moon sometimes brings, that the darkness brings. Sometimes that anxiety relates directly to whether we have met our bodily needs. And I speak of this as a privileged American who sometimes struggles with whatever, paying the mortgage, but is basically going to be fine, right? So I want to acknowledge that, that for some people, the basic bodily needs are quite desperate and not easy to get at. But for a lot of people listening to this, it's probably not that bad. You probably live near a soup kitchen or have soup in your own kitchen. You probably have a place to sleep or a place to sleep temporarily. Those of you who don't, I'm sorry that you're in that situation. I've been there too. And um, I hope you can find a good place to feel secure, at least for a while. So attending to the bodily needs, <laughs> they're trying to find this dog. It's right over here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's fine. We were having a good time. She was following me to the bathroom. <laughs> There she goes. She's running now. He's on a bike. Dog's running. So yeah. Um, if we can attend to those bodily needs, we may find that anxiety lifts long enough for us to do that work of kind of 
you know, picking up the boulder and seeing what kind of little critters are living under there in the stream at night. But in our own subconscious, unconscious, collective unconscious. The work of the moon can be very gentle and really rewarding and lovely. I hope that it's rewarding and lovely for all of you. If you are going on an intentional spirit journey during this time or a healing journey, either with yourself or with others that you need to kind of heal with or heal a relationship, you know, consider my little story about how I was feeling just a few minutes ago when I was tired, when I didn't think there was water, when I didn't know where to go to the bathroom, right? So even the most privileged American on a beautiful trip in a beautiful, beautiful part of the country can like have this like huge anxiety trip go on, you know, just because these like little things haven't been dealt with or I haven't mentally, emotionally given myself space to feel okay about those things, to settle in and find my sense of security. So if you're intentionally going on a moon journey, you're delving into some deeper issues. Maybe take a few minutes to really make sure that you feel grounded and secure before you head out. If you're not taking an intentional journey like that, consider that one might be coming your way because everybody, our small handful of people that follows the burning tarot, we all pulled this card together, folks. So something might be coming to you. You could also watch your dreams. They are usually pretty um, weird and uh, noticeable during a time like this. So yeah, had a little interruption there. Ran back into the radio station people and their dogs. Um, Yeah, you might end up in some moon journey times. They might not be fun. They not, you know, sometimes they're dark and confusing. Uh, So perhaps prepare yourself for that by attending to your bodily needs. Making sure that those are taken care of as often as possible. And that you're reassuring yourself of where you are right now. Mentally, physically, emotionally. Count those blessings. Say, wow, I have food to eat today. Cool. I have a place to sleep. Maybe I even have a river to dip my feet in, huh? That's pretty cool. So kind of just keep in touch with those good things. And if your moon journey turns out to be difficult, well, you've been warned and you've got something to kind of prop yourself up with. You can reassure yourself it's going to be all right. And some of you will be doing intentional journeys. It's a good time for that. Um... You know, go for it and just, again, bodily needs first and that'll help you with the kind of mental, emotional, spiritual, psychic, all that other, you know, oobying, all the other kinds of weird journeys (laughs) you might end up going on this week. Who am I to say what they'll look like? Hope this has been useful for you. Surrounded by beautiful green trees, pulling a card by an incredible lake. 
You know, maybe I'm like the lady of the lake, only instead of a sword, I'm handing you the moon. I hope you have a wonderful week, whatever your moon brings you to. And enjoy that soft moonlight illuminating your shadows. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. If you'd like a reading, please pop on over to TiffanyLeeBrown.com.